Alrighty, good afternoon. I'm Leon Davis. It is 2.05, March the 13th. We've had a restart. We have, oh, you were having, I was having audio problems. I've got that taken care of today. We're talking about Congress and fighting fires, and that's coming up right now. This program is intended for mature audiences only. Altitude adjustment may contain language, images, or other content that some may find offensive. Your discretion is advised. Welcome to Altitude Adjustment. All righty. Welcome, guys. I know. I thank everybody for the patience. Um, I had to restart OBS a couple of times. Um, I don't know if it's a laptop. I don't know if, you know what the deal is, but occasionally I just get run into these situations that just seem to frustrate an old man. Warren. <laughs> I cannot see you, Leon. Huh? I don't see you. Ah, okay. You should yeah. see me. Oh, there you go. All right. There goes that hand. <laughs> All righty. So we are back and we are 100% hot and ready to go. All right. Um, before we get started, I'm going to try this and, I, and I, hopefully everything will go well. Um, let me make sure I'm in the right places here. Okay. There we go. So Warren sent, you've heard us mention that several times. So, uh, we always share information around each other, uh, you know, back and forth to each other. You know, some of the things that we ran across and that we think the other person may have missed or something that we, you know, the social sharing thing. Uh, and so Warren um, dumped this in this morning for everybody to see. I'm going to see if we can uh, share this. All right. Okay, so the volume was a little low. Did you hear it? Did I you hear it? You guys. So, so this congressman, Joe, uh, what is his name? Johnson? Uh, Ron Johnson? Um, yeah. Senator Ron Johnson. Senator Ron Johnson. So this, this guy, um, is not aware 
of how he sounds. So he's thinking in his head, you know, I, I feel uncomfortable with, with Black Lives Matter. I feel uncomfortable with Antifa, but I feel fine with insurrectionists. You know, because I, I, th those people aren't going to hurt me. The, the other people who are different than I am, who think differently than I am, they're going to hurt me. Um, and, you know, and, and, and um, so there's ample evidence that a mob is a mob. It doesn't matter if they look like you, if they think like you, if they walk and talk and chew gum like you, it's a mob and they will hurt, you know, other people. And so he, he obviously did not see it, it, it didn't register to him how that sounded to other people. And, and I just, and, and, and so we've, we've had this conversation in our country about um, white privilege and, and how people don't recognize white privilege when they see it. And, you know, they say, I, I don't, I didn't get any privilege. I, you know, things didn't, Nothing happened good for me um, just because I'm white, except here is a here is a classic example. He felt comfortable with a white mob, but doesn't doesn't feel comfortable with a black mob. And and statements that he was making was the white mob is American. I know these people love America and right. Antifa and. Uh, Black Lives Matter, they don't love America. You know, they, they couldn't possibly love America and protest. And and he, he's like he's like the dictionary dictionary definition of. You know, all of this, that uh, the problems that we're having in the communication. The thing is, and if you listen to what he said, that people give him a hard time all the time. So he's he's hearing this over and over that he's not being sensitive or that he's not recognizing and he's going y'all are wrong i can't possibly be wrong and he's sticking to his guns yeah you know he's, he's never once taking the moment and go you know what let me just for a moment believe that these people are telling the truth what is the possibility that I am not looking at this right or not, that I may be wrong or that I'm being unfair? It doesn't appear that for a, a, a brief instance that he's doing that. You know, I, I, he's landed on his side of the fence and, and by God, it, it's going to take nuclear armament to get him off of it. They have definitely been drinking the Kool-Aid. <laughs> and I, I don't know. I mean, did he not see the video? Did he not, uh, you know, did he not get all the details about people getting hurt, people dying, all the poop and crap they smeared over the walls and, you know, stealing laptops and threatening the national security? Well, nothing happened to him, so he don't believe there's any threat. Uh, as far as just not looking, he intentionally take the side he's taking up. He intentionally saying, Black Lives Matter, Antifa bad. White, 
uh, terrorism, mob, violence, good. Okay. If white people don't get what they want in this country, forget the things that the country have to get it done. You get together in the mob and you go killing folks. I mean, I was just looking at a thing about the uh, Black Wall Street that happened in Tulsa, Oklahoma, mm -hmm. with uh, Liz Warren going through it. And they use weapons, the fighter planes, against Black people that day that the United States used in World War One. And it's always, if you don't like what Black people doing, get mad, go get a mob, and go raid them and loot them and burn them. Over 9,000 people were left homeless. They burnt over, they burnt down and tore down over 800 homes, not to mention all the blacks that they killed. It's the same thing with lynching. Okay, so we're, we're now, you're, you're now too, you're now too deep getting away from um, John or Ron Johnson. So I just wanted to, to bring that up um, because Warren uh, dumped it in, in the, the box. I thought it would be a good opportunity to at least, um, so we all have blind spots. Um, I may have some, well, I, I may have some blind spots. Uh, you know, I always try to um, look at what I'm doing, who am I doing it to, why I'm doing it, to to see that I'm not having, that I'm not overlooking someone else's feelings. So, you know, if I hear two or three times, hey, you're not listening to me, then I have to sit down and say, well, what is it that you're saying to me that I'm not hearing? And, and I don't think he's doing that because, you know, he, he's, he's saying, you know, I'm, I keep repeating it and I'm tired of these people telling me that I'm not getting it. So let's move on to uh, our topic for today, which I think is a, I think is a good one. Um, so, and, and I use business analogies a lot in, uh, because it's the language that I spoke for so many years uh, as a small business consultant. Um, and one of the things that I eventually want to get to is business language as a problem. Um, they had business language bingo for a while, and that's another story. But anyway, um, one of the business language uh, items that we use a lot was fighting fires and simply fighting fires is when you have a project or when you're doing something and and you have a plan to do something and then the plan is basically put on hold because there are other emergencies that pop up and you start managing to those emergencies and not getting the plan the overall plan done so, so basically, um, an emergency crops up with um, materials. And so rather than making sure that you address the, the problem with materials in the whole scope of getting your plan done, you just focus all your resources and energy on that particular fire and your project suffers because you're not addressing 
the project in itself. And I think that's where we are in our political system where Congress is. They're fighting fires and not um, passing necessary legislation to solve bigger problems. So take for instance, um, it took 30 years, over 30 years, to get a uh, health plan into place. It wasn't even completely you know, put into place in the best form, because everybody admits that it was supposed to be a starting place. Um, and and they're, they're in the process of trying to dismantle that. A 30-year project, a 30-year project um, to reform the healthcare system and um and there and 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 we we finally have something done and then we're we're undoing it um prescription drug prices there's been talk about doing something about prescription drug prices no major legislation is coming down the pike they just do fight fires they just um because one particular drug the uh insulin drug mm -hmm. so then they pass legislation regarding the insulin drug. So another drug goes, price goes out of whack. And then they'll do pass legislation to deal with that particular drug instead of reforming the whole drug pricing issue. So I think our, our Congress has moved to firefighting mode. We're not in the business of trying to put in big overall solutions to problems, just fight fires. So what do you think? Well, I think um, politics, as far as legislation goes, is so divided that uh, where, do they, where do they even start, you know? And uh, what what is a good compromise? Because the, they just can't agree on anything in principle now. So it's just, it's a major deal just trying to decide whether uh, Medicare should be able to negotiate drug prices. I mean, duh, how, how simple could that be to just give them the power? But we're dealing with big pharma, you know, we're dealing with uh, lobbyists influencing uh, Congress people for their drug pricing and stuff. So it's just politics is just screwed up, you know, how we get things done or don't get things done. It's, it's a problem. Well, you get, you, it was a political decision in the case of Medicare and drug prices not to do it. George Bush, who passed that Part D Medicare, but he put in the law, Medicare can't bargain for the drugs, but the VA can. And other federal opportunities, federal agencies can bargain for their prices, but Medicare is probably the one that that ensures and carry the most people, but he specifically put in the bill that the VA can't do it. And you talk about why we can't get stuff done as a whole politically. We have a political party in our country that's against anything big getting done. They want, they want for their political thing to show that government doesn't work. And so they get in the government to thwart the idea of government not working. So they can go tell the people when it's time to vote 
See, government don't work. So you need us to run it. And they thwart everything that can happen to make government work. I'm sorry, in the United States, we need big government. We need it to actually do some of the things they need to do. Okay. Well, so 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 the whole concept of big versus small um is a is really a misnomer. Um basically government has to be the size necessary to carry out the functions that we the people ask the government to do. And that's neither big nor small. It's simply government has to be if we pass a law that government has to police or you know um, manage prescription drug prices for the healthcare system then if we don't fund it if we don't uh put in the necessary tools give the give the agencies make sure we have the right agency that, do, that does that um, make sure that their charter is fully stated about what they're supposed to accomplish and then we don't fully fund it then then it, it becomes useless they're they're it doesn't accomplish anything. And so government has to be simply as big as necessary to accomplish what we ask it to accomplish. But we're asking a lot of our government, like about the same time, within a couple years or so of the Medicare prescription issue, it was this no child left behind in education. The same president, George W. Bush, put a mandate down, but he left it unfunded. Uh, now, we finally got a president that's trying to take a hold of a virus, okay, and not calling everything a hoax, but that virus has affected so much of our economy, the medical sector, the straight business sector, businesses closing down. Some of these businesses are closed down, won't be coming back. Uh, the medical sector we had here in our own area, a hospital that was starting to turn other people away that was not COVID virus related. So we had people having a challenge to get medical care that wasn't about the virus because we had an overrun hospital system because we had a president at the time who kept calling everything a hoax. And then you hear the tape he to find out he knew how serious it was. He knew it wasn't just the flu. And he's like, well, I like playing it down because I don't want people to panic. Instead of being truthful about it and using what was at his disposal to fight this virus, such as the Defense uh, Production Act, where he could have made other, other companies, no matter what they're producing, to produce masks and ventilators and hospital equipment for our, for our caregivers to use instead of our caregivers having to dress themselves up in uh, trash bags, for instance. Okay, so so I want to go back to you to the you mentioned the No Child Left Behind Act, which is a prime example of what I was just talking about. So so we had identified the problem that children weren't learning, that children were uh, being left behind, so to speak that we needed to do something about the educational system in our country. So they came up with No Child Left Behind. Now, No Child Left Behind, um, 
if I remember right, No Child Left Behind didn't didn't necessarily had a have a lot of bipartisan support, but it did have enough bipartisan to support that they moved forward with it. So they passed a No Child Left Behind. It wasn't a comprehensive, uh, probably not comprehensive enough um, plan to address education in the United States. Um, but at least uh, there was, you know, so we, it was a fire. They were fighting a fire. Um, they weren't resolving, you know, the educational despair, you know, cause you, you'll hear it on the news all the time about, uh, we rank 25th in, in math and we rank and these, I'm just throwing out wild ass numbers. So, but, mm-hmm. um, we rank so, so low in reading comprehension. And so, and so we need a comprehensive restructuring or, or approach to dealing with education in the United States. So we come up with this partial plan, which is no child left behind, and then we don't fund it. So we fight a fire rather than, rather than creating a a comprehensive plan um, and, and moving forward with fixing everything. We we're going to fix part of it. um, And then we're not going to do anything about it. So they come up with this plan, no child left behind. I think they threw a few dollars at it and then they just walked away from it. Like they do everything else. It went nowhere. And, and so now it is, it is a punchline, um, on a podcast. Mm -hmm. It is, it is, um, how we define a whole presidency. We are at a point, and and I, I couldn't agree with you more when you said we have, because I was eventually going to ask, you know, how did we get where we are? How do we get to becoming firefighters rather than problem solvers? Mm-hmm. Because it used to be we were problem solvers. It used to be we thought big. It used to be that um, that we try to resolve big problems. Now we don't try to resolve big problems. We try to just do enough to get by. And so you mentioned it, that we have partisanship, that we have members actively seeking office so that they can interrupt the flow of government. One of the tools that it ensures, it ensures that we will be firefighters for a long time with our government is um, the, we, we had that discussion, is Leonard's biggest um, filibuster. filibuster. We have the filibuster, which ensures it ensures that we won't get big projects done because all it takes is a few small number, a small number of senators to dislike a plan to kill it. Mm 
Mm-hmm. So that keep is it from vote, keep it from being heard. Mitch McConnell is during the Trump from the Trump years. He has over 400 bills on his desk that was sent from the House of Representatives that he kept there. And he gladly calls himself the Grim Reaper. He's kept there and didn't allow the Senate to hear it, didn't allow the Senate to go there. And, you know, that's when he's not talking out of both sides of his face, like he did about the Trump impeachment. So as long as we get that going on, like you said, we're never going to solve big problems. We're never going to get big and bold because there is a lot of issues in our country that need big thinker, big solutions that are never going to get there. We're never going to get there with this little itty bitty, itsy teensy weensy little spider approach. Right. Fighting and fires. That's why we're going to, yeah. That's so- why we're going to come back. That's why we're going to come back and keep having to deal with the same thing instead of dealing with it in a big way to take care of it and be done. So what happens when you fight fires, the problem with becoming firefighters is that whatever solutions that you bring up, uh, that you use to put out the fire may not work well with other solutions that you implemented because you were fighting a fire. So in other words, one solution um, can actually undo what what uh, what the uh, one of the other solutions that you put into place. Mm-hmm. So so you can we can and we um, coming up next Saturday we have Tamika Watson, um, immigration lawyer. Um, one of the one of the solutions that you so so DACA is a small part of immigration. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We've we've been talking about immigration reform for years, year after year after year. And so you could put into place something for DACA. Then when you go to do H1B1 visas, you could wind up putting in a solution that undermines or is broken by whatever solution you put in for DACA. They may be inconsistent and you have, then you have to work out a resolution for how that works because you fought fires and you didn't do a big comprehensive. This is what we're trying to accomplish. This is how we get their roadmap to the solution. Because now that we mentioned immigration, and I'm not going to labor too much on this point because we have the immigration special discussion coming up. up. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was the first. That was one of the things that George Bush tried to do, but it was his own party that thwarted that thwarted his progress on that front. And Obama tried to do it. He came up with DACA because he was able to do that without a vote from Congress and Congress and especially Mitch McConnell devoted their lives to not giving Obama anything he wanted. But Obama had the record of putting out people that were here illegally, sending them back to their home country. 
but he did the DACA just as a as a way to deal with the migrant community as much as he could do without passing congressional loan, you know, without passing congressional legislation. Without Congress actually doing their job. Um, Congress actually doing their job because there was a there was a an, a segment of Congress who actively refused to do their job and to take it up. So and and so you brought up executive action, and that is an example. That is an example of fighting fires. Example of fighting fires. That is an example. That is a prime example of fighting fires. So, one administration comes in. Um, does sets up something via executive action. The next administration comes in, completely undoes that, mm-hmm. or even partially undoes that. Then the next administration comes in, and there and 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 we're in that cycle again. Yep. Now this yeah. is for those of you that think that I'm making a subtle hint at Obama, um, whatever that guy was after him, and and Joe Biden, this is not subtle. No, this, I am, it's, it, it, it's straight up. It's straight up. It's reality. It's reality. I mean, executive orders are ruling the day now. Uh, one guy goes out, next guy comes in, he has to throw up all these executive orders to undo the mess only to have them redone again when he's gone. It's, it's a crazy cycle. I don't know where this is going to end up. Exactly. Because the previous guy, as Biden calls him, he tried to do undo DACA with all of his executive orders, but that case fell flat at the Supreme Court. Uh, so he and Mitch McConnell spent all the time, Jerry, a political gerrymandering of the federal court system, not just the Supreme Court, other other courts. As a matter of fact, there used to be a 60 vote uh, supermajority for filling court vacancies, but the Republicans changed that to a simple majority so they could rush through their court. Uh, Donald Trump made over, what, 100, 200 judges? And if they're not Supreme Court judges, you don't hear about it too much in the press. The press don't do it. So they were preparing for, hey, if we lose by legislative action, by the vote, we'll have the courts. The courts were their last vestige. So that's what that's what we have. All right, we'll take a break real quick and then we'll be right back. I know you care about the environment and maybe you want to learn more about sustainability and climate action. Then join me on the Climate Conscious Podcast where my guests and I discuss the issues of sustainability related to the Caribbean and beyond. Together we'll explore practical solutions for managing our impact on the planet. Tune in every other Wednesday on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. And follow me on Instagram at the Climate Conscious.
Welcome to the So-Called Oreos podcast. A podcast where Kia, Amari, Rachel, and Janae discuss all the awkwardness, hardship, and hilarity that comes along with society labeling you white on the inside and black on the outside, also known as an Oreo. Trying to mind my business and be black, that's basically about it. Through intimate conversation and candid interviews, we discuss everything from quote-unquote talking white you talk the way which i guess is supposed to be like you talk proper and i usually think black people sound ghetto and uneducated that's yeah, how that's i perceive when like you say too. you talk so what, white you, mean you don't speak cubanics traveling while black it opened my eyes to a lot of just the small privileges americans have and then it also opened my eyes to as a person of color how difficult it may be to go to another country. It was just a lot of blatant racism. Dating as a black woman. There's just something about the black woman who just really wants to support and see the black man thrive. And even if I'm not in a relationship with a black man, I'm still like, gonna root for them. I'm still rooting for I'm always for gonna root for you. I'm always. And a whole lot more. I just love being black. So join us every other Tuesday for intellectual and funny conversations that will make you embrace your inner Oreo. I'm going to light your shit on fire. That's I'm going to tell your mama. <laughs> What's up? What, what, hey, what? What Roberta, yo, son cheated on me. But you know some mama be like, well, that's what men do, so why are you surprised? Exactly. No. Old-timey bullshit. Not, I ain't that, having it. That's not okay. Experience Altitude Adjustment, a weekly podcast about people, politics, and professions. It's built around user interaction, so join the conversation by visiting the lionsdenstl.wixsite.com forward slash home. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, I know. No. Um, so... Uh, so we, uh, um, Biden got passed a $1.9 trillion relief package. Is that, is that major occurrence or is that fight a firefighting? Both. It's both. I mean, it's, it's major because, uh, just by the size of the, the amount of the dollars, but it's firefighting because so many of the things it's addressing, you know, are still not uh, finalized. We still, you know, the economy hasn't recovered yet. Um, we don't know how many jobs are going to be uh, uh, brought back. Uh, we we don't know when we're going to really get out of pan the pandemic. So it's it's not over right now. It's this was a temporary uh, fix. Dinner? I think we have to wait and see if this is going to be not just fighting another fire. Now, Biden fought for saying this is not that. And that's why he pushed the Republicans say, you know, y'all want to come in with these small packages. It's not going to get it done. And that's what he told them the five things y'all passed already that had so-called bipartisan support wasn't big enough. It wasn't big enough. And then they sent the 10 Republican Senate uh, delegation up to the White House. 
And, you know, Biden was talking to him and they wanted him to cut almost half of what he wanted out of this bill. They wanted him to cut, on, cut almost half of it. He said, no, because we need something big. And we're going we're, we're gonna to go with this because it addressed a lot more than just the pandemic thing. We got to get kids back in school. We got to get some businesses open. There's some money in there to keep public services like police, firemen, emergency medical going. There was money in there for infrastructure to start to rebuild some bridges, roads, and highways, which Obama tried to get through. And those Republicans were determined not to give it to him. Even though I-35 up in Minneapolis had collapsed during that time, they were still fighting him for it. So I think it remains to see what happened here. Just like that, that package that Obama passed to save the auto industry, they saying that that economic package, stimulus package, really wasn't big enough. But the, again, the Democrats cut down in the interest of bipartisanship because the Republicans wouldn't go no more. And, and basically the Democrats said, we're tired of it. We're tired of slowing our stuff down to get Republicans to come along, and they don't go along anyway. So okay. We're tired of that. Okay, so uh, Tufel says, barely any of the money is returned to the citizen from which it was stolen. The vast majority is special interest spending and returned back rubs. And I, and I fully understand uh, what Tufel is saying here. M um, my thought is I'm partially with um, Warren, um, but... You know, both of you think that this is major legislation. I think I think it is not. I think it's 100% firefighting. Um, I think it's it's directed at quick solutions to make people uh, to to stabilize things so that we can get to a point where we can do major legislation. So um, infrastructure, which is something that we've supposedly been trying to do for years, wasn't touched. What, there wasn't, we still have to do that. Um, we had a banking system that um, was playing uh, dice with people's money and that hasn't been addressed. Um, I can go on about issues that have long-term impacts that need to be dealt with, that should have been dealt with a long time ago, um, that's not being done. I, this is the third relief bill. This is the third one that has passed. I'm saying if you make a major change, if you, if you do something big that changes things, you don't go back and do it three times. You go back and you fixed what you did before. So now Leonard is arguing that this is a continuation of the first release, relief bill. And I'm saying because of things that weren't included in the first bill, that weren't included in the second bill, that happened to show up in the third bill, means that each one of those bills is fighting a fire because they're having to address issues that they didn't sit down plan out the first time and then get fixed. So 
Um, the, med the medical system in our society, when the Affordable Care, Care Act passed, it was the first big piece of, a med of major legislation in a long time that we know we needed to do. Um, and instead of dismantling the system, we should have found ways to fix the system, um, to touch up those things that that we, when you put a plan in a place, you, you don't always know all of the things that are gonna happen. You don't know all of the good and bad. Um, so, so when they did the Affordable Care Act, they did the website, uh, they didn't anticipate certain aspects of, of the website, it crashed, people couldn't sign up. You go back in, you fix that, but you still have your overall plan in place. You're still trying to uh, get healthcare for, uh, you know, update the healthcare system so that it functions and serves the people. And all you do is you go back and you tweak things to make it work better because when you're dealing with a project of that size, guaranteed, you are going to have problems. Because even in small projects with five people, you wind up seeing things that you didn't anticipate during the planning stage that now you have to go back and add. And I get that. So um, so I see this, this, this the COVID bill as um, fighting fires again, because I, I don't see long-term plans here. I see short-term plans. Well, I can't argue with that, but here, here's the problem. Uh, the only reason this bill even passed was because of the elections of the two senators in Georgia, which which made it 50-50, you know, and you still got to worry about uh, Democrats not uh, falling in line, so to speak. So what happens in 22 if the Democrats lose any seats? It's going to be... <laughs> hell getting anything passed. So we're going, it's just a constant battle, you know? So it's going to be fires, fires, fires again, because they, they're they not going to be able to get anything passed. Yeah, and and that's what I said. I agree with you. Um, as long as we have people in our society, one of the toughest things to do in a democracy is to get everybody on the same page. Mm -hmm. But you hope that that at least everybody understands that they have to sacrifice something for the good of the whole. What we've got is we've got a political party that believes that the government should be stopped. Ted Cruz actually wanted to shut down the freaking government to get what he wanted. Mm -hmm. He didn't care how many people got hurt unless, uh, except that he got what he, that he wanted what he wanted and until we see until until the majority of the people in the country see that we depend on each other that we need each other's help we are going to be firefighters So Tufel says, until there's a legitimate third party or more, we will always retread around uh, this gerbil wheel. The only thing that changes is what letter is in front of their title 
right now and can't argue that that's what i've been saying all along the two-party system is broken I, I tend to think i i can you i think you can look at uh great britain which has a multi-party system and and they're no better well just like in great britain you're talking about the 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 disagreements they having with getting out the european union and getting in and Don, I remember the previous guy, as Joe Biden calls him, he was all for you need to claim your country back, get out, and it's causing them all kinds of economic problems. And what you got to have is just who the people were electing, but everybody in certain areas, they you know, it's the way the public views it. The problems that we have, it's not because of my guy or my girl, it's all the mother people. Yep. And I just saying the people that you put in there, like Christian Cinema, like Joe Manchin, like Marjorie Taylor Greene, uh, they're there. And unfortunately, from my point of view, their people voted them in. And they're just worried about worried about taking down whatever and whoever. I agree with what you said with truthful till you get some people that put put country first instead of party and look at the whole country and not just their neck of the woods. And you know till you get that happening, you won't have anything like you know I just listened to the stories about when Reagan was president and when Bush was president and how those Republicans and Democrats, when they had differences, they just got together, a few of them from each party, and they crushed and compromised and worked these things out. And I just remember when Obama became president, first thing that they was talking about after he was, after he was sworn in, the Republican goes now telling their Democratic friends for years, well, I'm sorry, we can't work with y'all no more. We're not going to work with y'all no more. And it's, you know, and it's still going that way. And it's, it, and it's still going to go that way. So, so one of the things that you said was, <clears throat> uh, it's about the people that we're electing. And that's part of the equations. I think there's two parts of that equation. Um, you're right. We have in Congress right now, people that were elected to do a job and they're doing something other than the job that they were elected to do. You can hear me. You can't hear me. Warren. Leonard. I can hear you, but you can't hear me. Warren. No. Okay. Um, did you make any changes to your setup? No? All right, uh, we're gonna have to go, cause I, I mean, we're gonna have to continue on and you'll have to um, kind of read lips, I guess. Uh, okay, so Toothful says he can hear. So it's on your setup there, Warren. Okay, so there's there's two parts to to that, um, two 
You can hear now? My mixer went. Your mixer went out. Okay, very good. Um, so there's two parts, uh, uh, two parts to that resolution there, Leonard, that you had. You're right. It is the people that were electing. These people were elected to office to do something. They did something different. They were elected to represent the people of America, not just their district, the people of America. And, um, and they went in and represented what they wanted, what they believe their vision of America is. So when people realize that they're, they're politician, that they elected to represent them, not speak for them, but allow the, 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 the people to speak through them. When those people cease to do that and start acting in their own best interest, it is up to the people to remove them from office. There is a mechanism in place where you can get rid of someone that you elected that is not doing their job. And we have a responsibility as Americans that when we spot someone that is not doing their job, to get rid of them and get someone in there that will do their job. So part of the dysfunction that's happening in our government that makes us firefighters is our responsibility because we're not doing our job as citizens. Well, that's, that sounds good, but if you feel a certain way and you want other people to vote the way you feel, you know, that's the problem. How do you convince other people that don't feel the way you feel to vote, especially in a partisan thing, you know, because people are aligning up along party lines and you might not like what people in the other party are doing, but you don't even vote for them. And I understand you. And so I, I am a believer in democracy. I understand that um, Lindsey Graham and um, Mitch McConnell are gonna continue to get elected until the people in their district step up and say, we've had enough. Yep. You will not hear me denigrate the system because those people haven't stood up and done what I thought that they should. What I'm doing is I'm having a conversation. We're having this conversation and I'm appealing to the better human being in them. Step up for America. Your representative may bring back money to your district, but if they're doing it at the expense of other districts, that's hurting you. I can explain it to you Thousands of people could explain it to you, but until you look inside yourself and say, why are all these people saying this to me? What am I doing? Do I need to look at myself differently to understand so that I need to make changes? There has to be some self-reflection in this. I agree. Absolutely. So Tufel, Tufel says, uh, what about having enough of Pelosi, Schumer, Waters, Feinstein et al? Term limits are a necessity. There are too many favored, favors owed 
and too far bought people. And the, the issue I have with that is term limits are built in when you have elections. You can, you can put a person in office for a hundred years. Um, and you have the, as long as you have the tools to remove them or they have to come to you ever so often to get reelected, that is built in term limits. So you don't have to artificially have term limits that says you can only serve two terms as president. I believe the I'm like you. I believe the ballot box is a built-in term limit. Although with some of the people he named there, like Feinstein, I think it's time. I personally think it's time for her to go. She need to take her butt and get out the way. But if the people of San Francisco and California wanted to keep electing her to be their senator, that's their right. I mean, we had Strom Thurmond in the Senate. And he was a hundred, almost a hundred years old, or past a hundred, and he had to have a person on each side of him helping him walk. But the people of South Carolina wanted to keep voting him in, and that was a right. Well, I don't I believe he should have been out years ago, but you know, hey. <laughs> I I don't I don't so so. What you pointed to were physical difficulties and not necessarily um, political difficulties. If you can crawl into Congress, whether people are holding you up or not, if you can get there and do your job, I think you should be elected and do your job. That's what you're there for. As long as you can get to diametrically, I was diametrically opposed to him. I understand I that. The, I mentioned the physical aspect, but politically I was diametrically opposed to him. But I was just saying, if that's what his voters wanted to represent him. They had the power and the right of the ballot box to make that choice. Okay, I'm gonna let I'm gonna let Tufel's words be the last. We're gonna close this out. Okay. Tufel says, "People that don't care about politics see a familiar name and vote for that." We have term limits for the president for a reason. We need it even more for Congress. That's gonna do it for today. I'm going to thank everybody for joining me. I appreciate you, uh, your comments, Tufo. Um, I disagree with you. Uh, I, sh I guess I really should have left that out. <laughs> I was going to let your words be the last. I kind of like what he said. I'm not going to say I agree with him, but he's making a good point. Well, <laughs> we'll be back. We'll be back next week. That concludes this episode of Altitude Adjustment. And thank you for listening. This podcast is streamed live on YouTube and Twitch.tv and is designed for listener interaction. Visit the website, thelionsdenstl.wixsite.com forward slash home to join the discussion. The audio version of Altitude Adjustment is available where you get your podcasts, including Stitcher.com, the iTunes Store, and the Google Play Music Store, to name a few. Remember that the internet is powered by your likes, shares, and comments. So please like, share, and comment on this and other episodes of Altitude Adjustment because it matters. And as always, look out for the other guy because they may not be looking out for you.